Right, uh, Andrew, I see you've already put a note on here saying that you think my introduction is awful <laughs> and I haven't even started it yet. <laughs> well, let the listeners decide. Right, let's do it. Please note, this show is entirely supported by you, the listener. Without your kind donations, we simply could not produce this podcast. If you want to keep hearing more from us, please visit patreon.com slash news for a really cool way to help us. Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 33 of the Brewdog News Podcast. This is being recorded on the 23rd of October 2019. We're your fortnightly source for all the latest news, views, thoughts and reviews from the world of Brewdog and craft beer. This show is hosted by myself, Robert Cooper. Uh, me, Bruce Cameron. Ooh. Oh, okay. Uh, the sun always shines whenever he's on air. The sun always shines. See? It's Andrew Watts' son. And the love is always in the room when she's around. It's Joanne Love. Always. Hello, everyone. Excellent. Coming up on this week's show, we're going to be talking about the highs and lows of Collabfest 2019, the burger that made the internet lose its mind, exciting new developments from Brewdog Distilling Company. James Watt has published a ton of announcements of what's coming in 2020. We'll go through them all. We get annoyed at the Portman Group. We talk website issues, we talk birthday beer changes, and of course there's loads and loads more as usual. Standard disclaimer time, we are all shareholders in BrewDog PLC, but we do not work for or speak on behalf of BrewDog. So, without further ado, let's play some theme music! We're definitely bigger than we used to be, but we're still inconsequentially tiny in the context of the global beer business. Why are you a partner? Am I a what? A punk? I really like beer and I like to drink it a lot. We wear our heart on our sleeve and we do things in our own terms. Am I right saying that Brewdog is trying to make crafted beer popular? Aye aye, Brewdog News Podcast. It's Wacky EFL Meldrum again. Have we start again? And a huge shout out to our new Patreon supporters this week, but especially our top tier supporters as ever, Innes and Neil. Thank you both very much. And thank you to Billy. That was Billy there for recording on intro, and I didn't oh, nice even one, have Billy. to use the translator machine. <laughs> anyway, uh, right, how is everyone? Uh, I think I'm going to have to go straight to you, Bruce, being as you made a miserable sound when I was sweetie there. What's the matter? Yeah, I'm, we're getting new windows in on Friday, and I'm, 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 I'm supposed to be tidying up, and... Lindsay's out and she's expecting me to get everything done by the time she gets back. She'll be back in about an hour. I'm sitting here in front of this thing here with my... Do you want to describe what you can see behind me? Yeah, it's like... um, it's like I think Andrew described it best when you wheeled it in. It's it's like a, a budget mu- magician's terrible backdrop. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, in fact, hold on. Look what I've got here. Look. Oh, you got a magic trick. Oh, look at that. Oh. Bruce, oh. put your wand on. Oh, your wand's just gone all droopy. <laughs> Jeez, Bruce. Don't want to see that. Hmm. Joe, how are you? I'm good. Not as good because I didn't get to go to Collabfest. I was very oh. upset. Just could not make it work. So I'm very excited to hear what everybody thought. Me too. Excellent. Andrew, I know you made it to Collabfest. Um, did you 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 did you shift your hangover? Are you fine again now? Yeah, it wasn't wasn't too bad. The thing with Collabfest is small measures and uh, sort of long days means it's it's always quite a merry but uh, not particularly damaging event. I noticed you were you were gushing on the Instagram posts on the Brewdog News podcast Instagram about uh, how wonderful the staff were when you were there. Well, I think we'll talk about this a bit later on in more depth, but the hours that Brewdog's bar staff put in over Collabfest is, is quite remarkable, really. I was talking to 
one member of staff who arrived on Wednesday at 10am to do a lunch shift. She finally left at four o'clock the following morning. So after doing a full shift in the bar, um, then spending all evening prepping for the Thursday launch um, and finally implementing it. She then did get six hours off before coming back in to do the Thursday shift. She was there on her day off on Saturday. Um, this is one of the managers of one of the London pubs and just came in to make sure it was all going well and to chat to customers. And the way the staff react to Collab Fest is just it's heartening and it's inspiring because they love this event and they pull it off brilliantly. So, Andrew, what is Collabfest? Because I know a little bit, not too much, though. Well, Collabfest, it started years ago. I remember going in certainly 2015 and it had been going a couple of years before that. At its most basic, it's a collaboration festival, obviously, Collabfest, between each Brewdog bar and a brewery of their choice that's roughly local to them. So in years gone by, the, the Glasgow bar, when it was just Kelvin Grove, has worked with Fine Ales. In Edinburgh, there's there's been collaborations with Stuart in the past, I think. In Aberdeen, one of the bars tends to collaborate with Fierce, one of the others with Cromarty, so not immediately nearby, but near enough. London, of course, the craft beer explosion down here has meant a huge wealth of breweries to choose from. And the bars all go and collaborate with the breweries. Uh, a couple of one months ahead of the October date. Obviously, the beer needs time to become beer. And they all come up with a recipe. They usually come up with a great name, or at least a pun name that you'd be proud of, Bruce. And they then all go live over this amazing weekend in the bars. So this year, I think there was over 70 beers planned. I think in the end, as is often the case, home brewers will be able to relate to the fact not all beers make it. Joe, I'm Looking at you here. Yeah, absolutely. They don't always get so, to the way you want them to be. So certainly Reading Basil cleared. It'll be great. It'll be great. So I don't know if it was a Basil Saison, but certainly Reading's had to clear a few drains. That didn't make it out into the wild. My tasting notes for some of them suggest a couple more could have joined it. Um, so overall, I think mm-hmm. there was 67 or 68 that made it out into the wild. Of course, no Brewdog Bar has that many taps. So nowadays, the beers are staggered across the bar estate. In Aberdeen, for example, the three bars in town get different beers on different days. So if you're going round all the bars on one day, you'll get a good number and there shouldn't be too many repeats. Similarly, in London, I went to Clerkenwell, Tower Hill and a couple of others. Uh, in Clerkenwell, Tower Hill and Shoreditch, they also were roughly aligned. So you could try upwards of 50 beers if you went to all three bars on one day. So that's a lot of beer, but it's great that if you're in a team or even I went with one other guy and we shared the beers, they're only thirds of a pint, so we got to try tons of beers and it wasn't an absolute car crash. Very good. Um, well, just to set the scene a little bit more, I uh, have put together a wee package. I think that's the right phrase. I don't know these technical terms. But it's basically a bit of audio. I've got some interviews and uh, some audio I recorded with my pals when we were out. So, yeah, sit back and enjoy this for a couple of minutes. Chris, your first beer at Union Square. And it's the one everyone's going nuts for, the black currant trifle. We're going to be hearing a lot about it at all. You've gulped it down like a man who hasn't had beer for weeks. What did you think of it? You know, it's beer. I haven't had a beer in weeks. I go nice with some custard, I think. Custard? Or ice cream. Take your pick. Not sure about custard, but okay. I'll uh, I'll see what people think. 
Stu, you've just arrived back at our table. This is your first collab fest. Um, you seem to have sat down with a schooner and a half. You seem to be doing collab fest wrong. Any comment? No, I think I've nailed it pretty much. I, I, taste, I tasted most of them. Like I, I, I was up there for like 20 minutes. You know? <laughs> okay, it appears we're doing collab fest wrong. Thanks, Stu. Okay, after a few there, we then took a gentle walk up to Castlegate, where I got to sit down with Craig, the general manager, as you'll hear. Craig, you're the manager here at Castlegate. Not Union Square, as I did on the previous take. Uh, yeah, well over halfway now. How's your stress levels? Are you coping with changing kegs every five minutes? Yeah, stress levels are fine, yeah. Uh, kegs are flowing, beer's flowing. And yeah, no stress. It's all good beer. It's all about the beer this weekend. Ace, now what was your, what was your beer? Our beer is May Contain Cherry, so brewed with fierce. So we've got a 10% Imperial Sour, uh, all using exclusively fresh fruit, bit of oats in there for body, and it's just absolutely bang. It hides the alcohol really, really well, actually, for a 10% sour, but it's such a clean finish on it, and it's it's one of my, what well, is my favourite beer of this, this festival. Even if you do say so yourself, mate, I've just tasted that, and that is fantastic. That that reminds me of almost like someone coming out of overworks. And uh, Listen, thank you very much, mate. I'll uh, let you get on. But, um, yeah, any, any words, any... Any advice for our listeners coming in? I think just ask the bar guys to get a taste, see what you want, uh, have a chat, and we'll always find you the right beer. So have a conversation and taste loads of good beer. Hey, thanks, mate. Right, Jamesy, we were laughing about this one for some reason on the way in. This is the rhubarb lager. Yes, you heard that right. Camden versus two tribes. Camden have whipped us up a rhubarb remix. This is a rhubarb, rhubarb, rhubarb and rosemary lager. Crisp rhubarb and herbal. I'm going to give it a go, because I said I'd go first. It sounds, to my mind, sorry Camden, but it sounds disgusting. Hold on. Oh, okay, that's actually nowhere near as bad as I thought it would be. It doesn't even taste like a lager. What do you think? It doesn't taste of anything. <laughs> you, you know, there's, like, there's a whole team down at Camden, and uh, who is it with again? Two tribes who've made this. And you say it literally tastes enough. I get it's bland. Sorry. You know what? I'll taste nothing, don't you, James? Your mum. Brilliant. Ooh, okay. Rubbish your mum jokes aside, I don't know what it's like when you're out with your friends, but uh, we usually end up bickering, so let's pick up halfway through an argument that we were having. Rob. Rob. Every beer I've seen you drink today, you've pulled a face like you're passing a particularly stubborn poo. Now, is there anything that's caught your taste buds today? Uh, no, uh, James, the, the answer to your question. So far, I haven't really found anything yet that's made me go, oh, I absolutely love that. Um, I'm trying like styles I would never normally try, though, and... I'm finding I don't still like them, but um, I suppose, I suppose, uh, if I had to pick one right now, the Castlegate versus Fierce, I think that's really, really drinkable. But at ten percent, I think I would probably end up being very ill. That's a very end of the night kind of beer. Yeah. Um, as someone who doesn't generally drink sours, I quite enjoy the raspberry trifle. Um, I also did the, the Grimace, but I enjoyed it. Um, quite enjoying the uh, Manta Meringue. It's quite nice. Uh, I'm looking forward to the Flight Milk 
and the Coconut Center also. Uh, you know, you know what else uh, in, enjoys a grimace? Your mum, Stu. You joined us very kindly for the afternoon and had some drinks. What is your overall impression of Brewdog's Collab Fest as a non-EFB? Um, well, first of all, it's not really a festival without a DJ. Uh, just saying. Um, but there's some amazing amount of beers on the go, and I enjoyed every single one of them. Not necessarily in the right order, though, I think. I think I went too fruity too early and too dark too early as well. I'll probably regret that in the morning. Uh, I've got a long way to go. I need to go 3 o'clock tonight. I've got a DJ shift later on. I'm half cut already. I've got a work thing in between that, so wish me luck. James. Yo. James, I'm sorry to interrupt. I've been thinking hard about what you said earlier, uh-huh. and I have found one beer that I did really enjoy. Uh-huh. It's the Peterhead one. The the, uh, al, al, algi, al, it a goes. I'm only being facetious. I know it's algi it a goes. Algi it a goes. See, algi it a goes. I like that one. Oh. Does it taste of seaweed? I don't know. I think people who listen to this podcast assume that I've got a, like a refined taste. I haven't. Like your mum. Oh, we think we're so funny. Anyway, when I arrived back home, I spotted I had a answer phone message from Watty. Um, it's a little bit long, but I have to share this. He was very boozy. Hi, hi, Blue Dog News Podcast. Watty here for your mother and for you doing today. Well, I'm fair fool. I've been in the brewery for the last 12 hours. Second back. Some rare beers in the well, I've had a fair skinful, but there's no muckle taxis next, so I'm here to walk him for in the road to Melder. I'm shooting a tick over long, I'll just stick into the fields, excuse the cars going past in the background. The best beer for me. Well, I fair enjoyed that Morong thing. Kinda had a wee taste of sherbet and ice cream about it. It was not too bad. And uh, I was eating the dark beers, I can't remember if it was, but it was not was too bad, like. Oh, to me. I've lost Sandy. I'm going to get sick of heeding me tomorrow's morning. Oh, mighty me. And can I just say, for a sign off for the night, fit and he's some atlasses are wearing. Honestly, some atlasses are going to get a cut a death a call. Well, for my, I'm just an all fair More I see Mrs. Watty, I got stove, but a sausage in oven. Anyway, I'll catch you later now. Cheerio now, bye bye. Yeah, there we go. Um, <clears throat> yeah, interesting one from Watty there. So, yeah, I hope he got home safe. I've seen him on Twitter, so I assume he did. <laughs> yeah, so a really, really positive. Um, I love the event. I'm not convinced 100% that it's it's that appealing to people out with of Brewdog. I don't know if it's really particularly bringing in folk who wouldn't normally come into the bar. What, what do you think on that one, Andrew? So my observation certainly was that it wasn't 
going to bring in people from outside of the bars if they didn't know what it was already. So I probably wouldn't have gone to a few bars over the weekend if it wasn't on. So there's business that Brewdog got from me between me and my mate that went out. There's, you know, approaching sort of 75, 80 quid's worth of food and drink over over the course that they wouldn't have got otherwise. And that goes some way to explaining why it's usually the bar's biggest weekend of the year. For people already in the bars, though, it's quite an interesting sight. So there was a guy sat next to us in Tower Hill when we were having dinner. And he was in with his son um, trying a couple of beers, but he was mainly on headliners. And he saw our two tasting flights we had and started chatting about the beer. So he didn't really know what it was about. We showed him on the menu what the beers were. He said that he really likes the darker beers. So in Tower Hill, it's table service. The the waiter brought over a, a couple of tasters. I think there were three in the end, all darker beers. And he chose two. He had full measures of them, obviously paid for them, and got some great craft beer discovery out of it. So Whilst it's not the point of Collabfest, I would say, is helping people discover new beer because they're only one-offs, it's really useful, I think, and really uh, inspiring to people who want to learn more about craft beer, just to discover that there is this huge diversity, you know, upwards of 65, 70 beers in one weekend available. Yeah. Um, So, well, we've we've mentioned a lot of the positive stuff there. There, there, As ever with anything Brewdog do, there has to be some controversy or comments uh but yeah what i felt uh was i felt i was personally i was slightly disappointed with the beers because and i find this every collab fest i just always feel like they're not quite to my taste that every bit and it's for the, a good reason the breweries go all in on really adding tons and tons of flavor or you know making an impact with these beers which in the case of something like the uh raspberry trifle was it raspberry trifle Mm, Blackcurrant. Blackcurrant, thank you, Joe. In the case of things like the Blackcurrant Trifle means you end up with like a stunning, thick, you know, amazing amount of beer and you wouldn't even know it was that. It it was that alcoholic. Just fantastic. On the flip side, there's a lot of beers in there I was trying. So really trying, you know, try a lot of different beers. And I just felt a lot of them weren't sort of really mature and ready. Most beers that, that, you know, come out of Brewdog generally unless it's something like fanzine they've gone through a couple of iterations they've been you know brewed small and they've tweaked the recipe and and got them better and with Collabfest, you don't really get that so i felt like there was quite a rawness to all the beers which some people really like not quite to my taste um but the one negative there is about the whole thing which uh, if you'd been on twitter on sunday you would have seen is um because this year there's a sort of a competition element to it much stronger than there was over previous years um the beer that won and by one we mean it was the most highly rated on untapped is getting rebrewed for the agm and will be bottled as well which um, one was it well the one that won was actually that blackberry trifle, oh was it blackcurrant trifle, is that sorry. sour Yep. No. Oh. I, I want to say no. It's it, a it is a sour by style. Well, but it's not. I don't want you to be put off by that because it's amazing. It's not. You, you don't put it in your mouth and go, oh, that's a sour. You go, that is a fruit, really incredibly fruity thing. I thought Did it was off. Did you get the saltiness from it? 
No. Oh, really? No saltiness. Did you? I thought it was off. See, they called it a no. trifle. What I wondered is whether they were trying to make it more of an ice cream thing. And then it got, is oh, it okay. diacetyl that gives a sort of buttery taste when yes, you yes. start yes. to go off? Yeah. So it was absolutely riddled with that. And I think they've done a brilliant piece of marketing that Brewdog would be proud of by saying, oh, it's a trifle, when actually I think it was off. No, it would no. It was absolutely by far away the most buzzed about beer. It was stupidly highly rated on Untapped in the end as well. So, I am not convinced that they weren't like they were trying to pass something off that wasn't right. I don't know. I don't, mad scientists is the brewery, tried, they're from Budapest, aren't they? So that, it makes sense that they would say they meant to do it, but uh, I, I'm I'm cynical about it. I'll be honest. Oofed. Oofed. Okay, well, more controversy. But the main one that got people's backs up was people were gaming the system. Uh, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, on Friday, uh, H501, which was a pilsner, um, it made out of Frenzy, I think, in Italy. I don't know who the collab yeah, be was. Andrew will tell me. Yeah. Uh, but it was, um, yeah, all of a sudden, it was flying up the charts on Untapped, and when you looked into it, it was all brand new accounts that have never checked in a beer before, and we're all just rated it five out of five. Uh, Pilot were openly tweeting, come on, let's get our beer to number one. Uh, and then Brewdog are going, uh, what are you doing? And there was a bit of banter on there between them, and they're like, whatever, you know, as they do, because Pilot are ace. If you don't follow them on Twitter, you really should. Um, but yeah, so it, it was gamed a bit. And I think then in the end, Daz uh, and the team at Brewdog had to do some, um, I don't know what they did, but basically they filtered out the, um, all the one the accounts that had been created for I did it. read that the guy from Untapped said that they got rid of all the five star and the 0.25s, yeah. the 0.25s, which gave it... They also pointed out that they don't recommend that you use them as a leaderboard, no. as live, because, because of this. Yeah. Ultimately, that doesn't matter because I think Untapped, like a number of these review sites, will discount and well, it takes a weighted average based on new users and that sort of thing. So in the end, it would have probably come out in the wash. I think it was just for the live updates. It didn't really work because it takes some time for that to catch up. I'll be a bit like the yeah. um, the diving competitions Olympics, is it? Where they, they discount the lowest and the highest scores. So I have no idea. Anyway, H501 is by Eternal City Brewing Club. <laughs> Thank you, Bruce. Which you must mean Rome. Um, yeah, we should probably move on from Collabfest because I'm sure folk are probably oh. sick of hearing about it now. If you didn't manage to go, it's probably quite annoying. Everybody continued to talk about it. Oh, that, listen, <laughs> very sad. One, one very last sad. question before you move on. See the, the on. brew that won, this, the trifle yeah. thing. That, yeah. Is that going to be rebrewed for the AGM? Yeah. Cool, so we'll get a chance to try it then. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Nice. I know a thing about that. I heard a little <sighs> bit of insider goss on that. That... Um, it was so expensive to make <laughs> that every everyone that was sold lost quite a lot of money to the to the people that made it apparently. But yeah, I think they just they worked out that there was an amazing beer here and they really wanted people to try it despite what Andrew said. So. <laughs> it's, I mean, I didn't. It wasn't the worst beer of the day. I just think it was. If they hadn't called it a trifle, everyone would say it was off. That's all. Oof. Excellent. Okay, looking forward to this fighting talk. Uh, right, so next up, Bruce, we're speaking of controversial <laughs> things. Why did everybody go nuts about a burger? 
I mean, and I say go nuts about it. Why were people apoplectic with rage at the start? What do you mean, the the green foosty hybrid burger? Is that the one you mean? It wasn't a green foosty hybrid burger. It was a delicious (laughs) green bun with a 50% meat, 50% non-meat burger. But you should tell us. There was this bit of confusion that people thought it was one meat burger and one veggie burger in a kind of combo. It wasn't. It was one single burger, which was mashed with 50% meat and 50% non-meat um, kind of vegetarian product. So, um, Wow, you, you, you're describing that brilliantly. Well, I, th- <laughs> I think you're looking at it. It's uh, plant-based uh, well, meat. No, hold on. No, not plant-based meat. That's all meat. Um, <laughs> it says beyond no. meat. But was it actually beyond meat? Yeah. So it so, was. So, yeah, so it was the, the Beyond Meat burger, which sells really well, uh, and uh, a normal burger sort of mashed together. So it's less, bur- less, it's less, it's not 100%. I, mean, I, oh, I don't know, I don't know. It was with vegan Gouda cheese, onion straws, a potato rosti, and a sandwich between <coughs> a bright green foosty matcha tea bun. No, it wasn't foosty. <laughs> you can read that again without the word foosty in there. Between a bright green. <laughs> Match a tea burn. Thank you. Anyway, it was lovely. So, everybody, and I mean everybody, had an opinion on it. Was this. Very it was very like the talk wasn't of the day. It? it was. It, it really was. It was in the press and everything. People going. Ugh. So the story is the reason why the, this was produced. Number one, it was made as a special for this month because it tastes nice, and I can confirm after having one, it really did taste nice. Uh, number two. It, it was kind of making a point that try it because you would never know. Okay, I mean, we say this about the Beyond Meat Burger. There's a lot of meat eaters who would go, oh, I'm not even going to try that. This one's 50-50 mix. And you would never, ever, ever know blind tasting it that it was 50% uh, you know, plant-based. You just you just couldn't taste the I'm difference. I'm all for this. I think, it's, uh, I think the reduction of meat in a burger is fine. Flexitarian, though? Yeah, that's the word that was being banged around. People who are flexitarian, as in they're not really bothered. They'll eat, they'll eat veggie. Sometimes they will, sometimes they won't. Um, and then people start going, well, this is ridiculous. Either be veggie or don't be. And people were tagging up Beyond Meat and online saying, like, have you allowed this to happen? Is this okay? Did, 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 you know, did all they these things. Um, Did they reply? I didn't see any reply. I might be wrong. I did ask the question, and Cameron replied saying, no, it's not a Beyond Meat product. So that's where the confusion for me sits, is is, is the actual Beyond Meat stuff Beyond Meat, branded Beyond Meat that they're using, or is it not? Cameron said it wasn't. Uh, on the menu, it just says hybrid burger, 50% beef, 50% plant Right, okay. Based. Um, but yeah, and but the, the you know people were annoyed by it because they're like, <laughs> and it's a fair point I think. What is this thing? If if you're going to make a burger, it's either veggie or it's not. You know, it's. Um, but then Brewdog's point was well, number one, it tastes nice, like I said, and number two, it, it's fifty percent reduction in the amount of meat that you're having, and you would never know. So it's a good thing for the environment. You know, cause, which is what this is all about. So it'd be like my mum's burgers, where she makes a burger and just chucks in a heap of veg into it. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Well, that's that. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, Wired magazine picked up on it. They ran with their headline, Brewdog's Bizarre Hybrid Burger isn't as ridiculous as it sounds. And they go into a lot of detail, really nice photos as well, um, just talking about uh, the usual stuff about how animal products are a massive contribution to uh, climate change and all that. And good on Brewdog for trying to do this. I mean... It's almost a shame, in a way, Brewdog had to advertise what's actually in the thing because I'm 99% sure if if they didn't, it just w- there wouldn't have been any news. Nobody would have been any the wiser and they would have just enjoyed eating a burger and never thought twice about it. But In fact, it's probably got yeah. more meat in it than a normal supermarket burger anyway. <laughs> probably. Yeah. yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Any hot takes on this one, Andrew? I like the Patriot Burger. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Patriot Burger. Yeah. But without the onions and gherkin, because they're just evil. Oh, gherkins yeah, are nice. No. Yeah, don't want oh, those. No. Give them to me. Oh, he no. doesn't like trains. He doesn't like I'm, al- I'm allergic to onions as well. What do you mean you're allergic? I'm allergic. They make me really ill. Oh, no. What, like a dog? What? What, what like what a dog? Like, what do you like mean? Dogs get, dogs oh, do they? Re- yeah, dogs, dogs are allergic to onions. Are they? Yeah, yes, like, they're if, like if, a dog. I'm allergic to onions. <laughs> <laughs> they won't kill me, but they just make me very ill. Ah, okay. It's not like dogs and chocolate. Cats and lilies. Hmm. Right, moving on. Last one before we get to uh, a bit of nice new audio I've got for you. Um, James made a a fantastic forum post. Feels like it's been a while. I'm going to summarise it here. It also went out on email as well, I noticed, a cut-down version. So here's my cut-down version. A load of stuff to tell you about here. New beers coming. This is interesting. Uh, so we knew about this one anyway. Uh, Hazy Jane um, version without alcohol. So that'll be called Hazy AF. Uh, and a coffee stout with no alcohol called Wake Up Call. Um, I think I've heard people who've tried early versions of that saying, Ugh, it's disgusting, but it will get better. Brewdog won't put something out that is that rubbish. <clears throat> no, if it's the one that I tried, it was really good. Oh, there you go then. So, yeah, it was maybe the ones that the uh, the early ones that weren't so great. Um, but, yeah, I thought this one was interesting. Faux Fox, F-A-U-X, Fox. Faux Fox is based on the Popsicle Parade prototype beers, that's not easy to say, and a beautifully fruit-forward, non-alcoholic Berliner Weiss beers. Raspberry initially followed by a passion fruit and peach blend, uh, and the groundbreaking beers that bridge the gap between sophisticated soft drink and alcohol-free beer. Now, a question for you about Faux Fox. Who's asking for this? Nope. Not me. I mean, I've drunk the Popsicle Parade beers. They Me were quite too. nice. I mean, yeah. The, the bottles look nice, and they, like I say, I mean, they're just sort of posh soft drinks, basically. But who's? I don't, I, I don't know. Is there a market for them? Yeah, well, the, the alcohol free yeah. and the low alcohol thing is really big at the minute. Yeah, well, we've talked about that before. I didn't yeah. realise that this was, was. It's massive. I, did, you know, I didn't realise this was something that people were keen for. But if that's the point, is that if you go out and you're driving or if you are not want to touch booze for a while, your options are sickly sweet soft drinks, tea or coffee, or water. So there is, a, I think there's a real gap for quality. And it doesn't have to be alcohol-free beer, because that isn't to everyone's taste, but just variety in alcohol-free drinks that are maybe a wee bit more grown up. They can be slightly sour, but not with all the the natural, but still problematic sugar fruit juice they can still have something interesting about them 
Certainly in pubs in London, craft beer pubs, you see tons of things like kombucha around which people are really going for. And I just see this as an extension of that trend. Okay, fair enough. It's maybe my limited knowledge from uh, watching people have can of Coke in my local pub, mm-hmm. the world famous Newton Arms. All right, fair enough. Speaking then. Sorry, Andrew, go on. You look like you're going to make I was going to say, it is a trend thing. I personally don't really drink soft drinks in pubs anymore. I'd, you know, I'd, I'd try one of these or I'd just take something sparkling water or something if I'm being really boring. But I think it's really marked that you don't see that many people going for a can of Coke or a fresh orange and lemonade if they want a fancy mm-hmm. cocktail um, than compared to what you're used to. <clears throat> I'm going to play devil's advocate here and ask a question. Is something like faux fox, is this distracting from BrewDog's core business? Is time and energy being put in this that really should be put into other things? I don't think so. Because Depends, really. The, the, I don't think so. Because if you, companies, for example, Bonacore Soft Drinks, if you remember from Aberdeen back in the day, Rob, you probably won't remember, the um, the vans that used to go around Aberdeen selling soft drinks, they've went out of business and then uh, kind of come back into the fray again selling... No, we, we met the girls down at... Um, Edinburgh Coffee Festival, Festival yeah. so with a niche market of selling new soft drinks. Another one is Summerhouse Drinks. Now, Summerhouse is the sister of Jim Smith, the comedian, the the, the farmer comedian, and they've oh. they've got a range of soft drinks they sell at the bars. They've got an orange, like lavender lemonade, hint and mist lemonade, raspberry lemonade, and a misty lemonade. So there there is a a new kind of push out for different types of soft drinks that you would drink, I think, in bars. rather than you take a can of Coke. So I think there's a really clever play here that we need to think about as well, and it focuses on the US as well as some other markets where with the three-tier system, it's not possible to ship alcoholic drinks from Columbus to the majority, like 80% of other states, but alcohol-free beer can be sent along with merchandise. So there's a big opportunity when you're trying to grow an EFP community and say, look, we can't serve you the alcohol stuff, but hey, we've got the alcohol-free stuff here as well. And overall, if BrewDog wants to be seen as a responsible brewer, I think it's commendable to have more than just one alcohol-free beer and have a, mm-hmm. a range of six or seven that... If we can make it a natural thing that when you're filling a box from the online shop, you put a third of them in as alcohol-free, even if it's just to get value for filling a box, I think that's a great thing. Yeah, it's about giving choice to your to your customers, I think. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, right. Well, that's my devil devil's advocate question. I agree with you both. <laughs> um, and you as well, Bruce, which makes a change. 5am, that's out in cans now. This is continuing on uh, James Watt's post on the forum. Brewdog Pale Ale, we've mentioned it before. That's launching very soon. Am I excited for that one? Because they seem to be they're all in on that. I mean, you know, it's no more Dead Pony Club. It, it seems to me it's like Brewdog Pale Ale is going to be the thing. So I'm well, hoping... This it's one good. replaces Indie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But not ah, Dead Pony. Dead Pony survives, I think. It's a it's so Brewdog Pale sorry to interrupt, but Brewdog Pale Ale is less fruity, hoppy than what Brewdog Pale will be. Brewdog Pale will be a bit more about kettle hops rather than dry hopping. Uh, okay. Um yeah, interesting then because they've they're they're all in on that. They think it's gonna be a huge one next year. Uh five hundred cuts rum. There's another thing that we're gonna be mentioning. We've got that coming up later on. Um the new brew dog bonds. So getting away from beer for a second. Uh yeah, this launches in late October, provides a six percent yield with a yield paid fifty percent in cash each year and fifty percent in beer bucks. So if you've got uh, serious money that you have sitting there and would like to get some serious 
serious uh, interest on it. Uh, that's one way to do it. Stick it in the Brewdog Bond. That's launching very shortly. Um, Australian brewery that is almost finished. Equipment is now on site. So the uh, that is very close to starting to actually brew beer, which is really cool because it feels like it feels like that wasn't that long ago before the ground was just being started on that one. So uh, that's all good. Uh, next one up. Interrupt me at any time if you like, folks, by the way. Uh, next one up, a book. It's called A Field Guide on How to Be More Did Brewdog. Did you see a book? A book. A, a, a what? A, a book. book. A book. A book. A, a, a book. book. A book. A book. It's a, it's a book. <laughs> a B-U-K. You go to the library. Get a book. Pick, get, get a, a book. book get yeah. a book out. Can you put a poll on line for this? Don't be a bully, Bruce. <laughs> wrong with you okay so there is a printed some printed material coming out of brewdog called the field guide on how to be more brewdog so this book lays out the building blocks of the culture what you've gone scouse this book this book <laughs> this book lays out the building blocks of our culture and provide no i've gone i don't even know what that accent is it's going to be going oh, off Stephen into <laughs> The book lays out the building blocks of our culture and provides the tools that we need to continue building a new generation of business and to continue changing the world of beer. So this was something that was supposed to be internal for the staff and has ended up being uh, approached, well, basically Penguin Books approached Brewdog and said, that's really good, we think it'll sell. So that's really cool. Another one for Fiona there, our friend of the show, Fiona Hunter. Uh, Outpost <coughs> Dublin in that's opening in November. Moving on to bars now, obviously. Outpost Dublin in November. Hoping to get over for that EFP launch night if I can. Uh, Cincinnati that's now again confirmed as being in November. Uh, JB mentioned it on the interview on the last show. Uh, didn't realise this wasn't really that common knowledge, but yes, Brewdog Mumbai that will be opening in December or January. That's an interesting one. Why are you laughing, I just, Bruce? I just remind me of the, the 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 Welsh guy that phoned in last week. <laughs> <laughs> the Welsh guy, yeah, he'd be the keen Welsh to get guy, to the yeah. Mumbai one, wouldn't he? It'd probably be nice, easier for him. Yeah. Uh, and Brewdog Shanghai, another one mentioned here. That's early 2020. Uh, James also mentioned they want to become a B Corp. Uh, we'll do more on that in a future episode. I think that's quite an interesting one. It's to do with internal procedures and things like that. So uh, we'll come back to that one. And uh, considering, they are now considering a Brewdog Distilling Company building at Ellen, a whole building dedicated purely for the distilling company. And the initial mock-up they've had done kind of looks pretty damn cool. So it'll be interesting to see if that one comes off. But as with everything up at Ellen, Aberdeenshire Council will probably make life very difficult for the guys. Uh, And finally, finally, the beer range for 2020. He posted that online. Um, Quite a lot here. I'm not going to run through it all. But yeah, anything jump out to any of you guys here on perhaps any of the beers that are coming up you're excited about? Coco Psycho Espresso Cans. Oh, nice, yeah. Hardcore IPAs back in July. Ooh, nice. That one, that one, yeah. Something called King's Shilling in August. Don't know what that is. Hoppy Christmas, Mistletoe Mafia, get out close in November. Nothing surprising there. People getting upset already that Hoppy Christmas has got a different... Um, I'm sorry, I'm, Why I'm slightly Bruce distracted. Why has got a lava lamp Bruce on? Is, Bruce has now turned the lights oh, off in his room. It's got a coloured light. Oh, and he's, my God. And he's now trying to change the colour on his face to match the star patterns behind him. 
You know, you know, in that survey, Bruce, when people were saying Bruce's antics, you know, are getting in the way. This is what they're oh, talking about. Sorry, just you can just ignore it and carry on. Well, yeah, okay, fair enough. Uh, I thought, here you go, Bruce. Let's give you something to uh, talk about. Um, the uh, distilling company <coughs> they are the launching. It's actually happening right now as we speak. The new rum's coming out again. More on that later. We've just mentioned that they've possibly got plans to open up a big. A uh, new facility for that and tap room. The t- tap room's the right word when it comes to distilling up at uh, the, the Ellen. But basically, they've done a new bit of audio as well. It's like a 40 second thing. I thought we'd play that in for the break this time. But Bruce, get us to that break with a teaser question, please. In 2011, Brewdog paid a substantial amount of money to appear at a beer festival. But after lengthy discussions, the organisers cancelled Brewdog's bar following an argument about how many living yeast cells were present in their beer. What was the name of the festival and who is the organisation that runs it? This is everything we love, everything we believe in, everything we are intensified, galvanised, distilled. This is the Brewdog Distilling Company. We're applying the same focus and flavour. The same artisan craftsmanship. The same disillusionment with the status quo. And the same passion we have for beer. To take a sledgehammer to the world of spirits. Are there spirits? Do you think it tastes any good? No, they're good too. And they're amazing. Fine. So just before the break, I asked the teaser question. In 2011, Brewdog paid a substantial amount of money to appear at a beer festival. But after lengthy discussions, the organisers cancelled their bar following an argument about how many living yeast cells were present in their beer. What was the name of the festival and who was the organisation that ran it? Joe, Andrew, any ideas? Was it camera? And was it the Great British Beer Festival? Bing, bing, bing. Yes, well done. Not at all surprised. We're keen to hear from you on the Brewdog News Podcast, so please feel free to call us on 0224 518 and leave us a message. Just the one this month, and it is from friend of the show. It is Doug over in America. Let's see what Doug is saying. Hello, Brewdog News Podcast. This is Doug in a pub from Stateside. Uh, as you know, some of us are coming over on the Brewdog flight soon. Wondering if we're going to get to meet any of you folks as we're making our way around Scotland. Yeah, so uh, I'll be there. Thank you, Doug. I will be there. I shall come and meet some of the American EFPs and get a chat with some of them. Hopefully a couple of folk will be willing to come on the podcast and talk to us about their experience of what it was like being over here, whether it lived up to expectations or not. Uh, Any of you three going to manage to come up to Aberdeen or Edinburgh and meet the guys? Unfortunately, no. I'm I'm up on the Friday, but I need to go straight back down on the Saturday morning. I'll wave at everyone from Dan Saf. Dan Saf. No problem. That's good. uh, I shall represent the podcast. There's certainly enough for me to go around, that's for sure. Right, 500 cuts. This is the exciting new rum, a botanical rum that has come out of Brewdog Distilling Co. Lots of ceremony around the launch of this one. Uh, I've seen already on Twitter tonight that anybody up at the brewery is getting little uh, 500 cuts goodie bags all labelled up with Brewdog Distilling Co. and things like that. Uh, this rum, as James described it, James Watt described it, full of spice and zest, our rum is crafted from sugarcane molasses and fermented with red wine yeast, and then double pot distilled to release an avalanche of tropical fruit and gently burnt muscovado. Muscovado. Muscova. Help me out, Bruce. Brown sugar. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, so that's been introduced tonight. There's a sampling going on right now as we're recording, which obviously none of us are at, but it's supposed to be uh, a record attempt for the most people tasting a rum at the same time. So uh, that would have been cool to have been at that. But here I am for you, lovely listeners. Uh, I don't suppose any of us here have actually tried this rum, have they? No. Not yet, no. no Sounds nothing. delicious. I'm partial to rum. Uh, what do you think to the artwork, Bruce, on the bottle? That's all right. That's quite nice. Good, good review. Thank you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, I'll check it out. I'll come back to you. I'm not really a rum drinker, but uh, this looks exciting. So, uh, who's got the next one? Me. Joanne. Go, Joe. Right. So, Equity for Punks USA 3 is now open for pre registration. Um, so, the shares are $60 for a single share. That will get you a can of Drink Differently or Drink Differently NA, which is. A one-time barrel-aged stout developed using beer and barrels from both Ellen and Columbus, which is quite exciting. $300 gets you a custom Brewdog hoodie and metal sign. $600, a six-pack of Drink Different, Drink Differently NA, or a mixed six. Double bar discount of 10%, um, merch discount to 20%. $1,200, one night at the doghouse with in-room beer school, free online shipping for a year with $50 minimum order, uh, $3,600, an Elvis juice disco ball, $500 malt bill at any Brewdog USA bar. There's more. $6,000, one night in Doghouse Kennel Lodge with two Doghouse robes, customised Brewdog beer cooler as well. $8,400 gets you three bottles, limited edition, overwork sour with customised glassware and a Brewdog LED sign. And then $12,000, one bottle of Tactical Nuclear Penguin Rebrew and a four-hour private party rental for up to 20 at a USA bar. And then we get into silly money. USA does so much better yeah. merch than us. We've said it yeah. before and said it again. That's cool. It's only pre-registration though at this yeah. point, isn't it? Yeah, so... Bruce, go for it. Yes, Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes. Yes. Who? Remember when we were at Metro Mayhem and there was the guy that the guy shouty that came man. out. Oh, them. Shouty man, yes. Anyway, the guy the... came out and stood upside down on the crowd and I stood and looked to you and went, Is this real life? Right, so the uh, sorry, sorry. European headline tour starts on the 20th of October. They have got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, about fifteen gigs. It's being done in association with Brewdog. Um, the first gig's the 28th of October at Paris, France, which we know Paris isn't a country, and it ends on the 15th of November in Victoria, Spain, which I've never actually heard of Victoria, Spain, to be honest. But yes, it's a Brewdog. Uh, well, that says Victoria on the poster. Is that Victoria? Victoria? I think that's a little bit racist, Bruce. That's just a Spanish pronunciation. Like uh, Valencia. And did you know, um, what's the other shop it's called? Sorry, what was the last one? Valencia. <laughs> Look, you can't just say Spanish words with a lisp. That's not how this works. <laughs> I do apologise. I'm, I'm just back from Ibiza. Is it Ibiza or Ibiza? Um, Ibiza. Oh, look, the kids are here. There's one. So, um, yeah, so they're doing that. Um, Brewdog's getting involved and there is a chance to win some free tickets. Um, on the Facebook post. Uh, Andrew, go on, get it out of your system. Sober as a mother. Go on. 
Brewdog have done a new marketing campaign across social media and out-of-home billboards that is a bit crass and has slightly missed the spot in the view of a number of shareholders and ultimately could have been done a bit better because all shareholders are experts in marketing, it seems. That's the 22nd version. Punk alcohol-free, Punk (laughs) AF, is a name that, of course, has a double entendre to sort of suggest that it might be French. Thank you. Now, of course, the subtlety of using AF to mean alcohol-free and as beep means that using sober as a mother on a big billboard is completely unsubtle. I don't like it. Some people do. It's word of mouth. Let's see what happens. I like it. I think a big picture of kind of uh, punk and it saying sober as a mother is fine by me. I think it grabs attention. I think it's a good advert. I think it's childish. But hey, this is Brewdog. I think it's boring us. I don't like it. I think it's going to alienate people. I just think it's not very clever. Brewdog's marketing is meant to be all about the beer. This says nothing about the beer. It also does nothing for the brand. If it said punk AF in big letters, it'd be getting the punk brand out there. Sober doesn't do that at all. I don't like it. Go on, Bruce. I'm not. A, I'm not a prude at all, but just, just yeah. Hmm. Uh, right. Next up, okay. Uh, advent calendars. Uh, uh, basically, if you if you don't know what the brew dog advent calendars are, quite a few breweries do these. You buy a calendar. It can range anything between twenty five quid and two hundred quid, depending on which brewery and which package you go for. It's a box. Usually, it contains twenty four beers. You open one a day, just like you did with chocolates when you were a kid or a grown up adult. Uh, but this one does uh, for alcohol, and it's usually really cool. Uh, the ones in the past few years, I don't know if you remember on the podcast last year, uh, my housemate at the time, Billy, he had the the uh, highest level one. I had the lowest level one from Brewdog, and it was quite funny because I would open it up and have like a, a can of punk, and he would open up something like uh, a, an AB25 or something like that. So, yeah, they're really cool. A real buzz around this year. And uh, still in stock, I think one the top level uh, sold out as we're recording just now, but the other two are still in. But there was a problem. The website launch uh, of these uh, went really badly wrong. Uh, a lot of negativity, a lot of people moaning that they couldn't actually place the order. They were getting error messages on the screen. They were getting weird messages on the screen. Even when they got their orders in, it was um, a long time before the order confirmation emails came through. So it did it did cause a bit of upset with people. So um, <clears throat> I asked Martin Dempster, who's looking after the website side of things now, if he would mind giving us a comment or two on what actually happened uh, from their point of view, because I know they were online during this time that it happened. Uh, and, um, yeah, because it was a midday lunch. Uh, yeah, and he wrote quite a lengthy email back. Uh, because he knows I'm a developer as well, he, he sort of went into a lot of detail on the technical side, which makes sense to me but won't make a lot of sense to the listeners. Uh, but, yeah, I've, I've summed it up here anyway. We, are sli- we were slightly lulled into a false sense of security due to the relative stability of the site to check out through pretty much every other launch that we've done this year. We also knew we had far more stock this year, and therefore there was a lot less chance of customer disappointment. We realised at about 5 past 12 that we had 800 people trying to complete the checkout simultaneously, which is 100 times more than normal, when I presume, when there's a launch on. Uh, and the site was struggling, so we asked our managed hosting provider, uh, manage, uh, I think it's Magento Cloud Commerce for the nerds, uh, who were listening, to upscale our environment. 
By around 12.40, the site was back performing uh, once the database had all been recovered by support. Uh, he then goes on to talk about the struggles that they've had with the Magento Cloud Platform. It's, it's a fairly new thing. Uh, and then so he finishes off by saying, suffice to say, uh, lessons learned... With a, Suffice to say, lessons learnt and we will be ensuring our capacity planning is airing on the side of the caution through the Q4 peak promotions this year and into the future and we will ensure additional capacity is in place whenever we are expecting significant traffic to the site. So, uh, I take it from that that it, they just simply weren't expecting anything like that amount of people to try and get these at once. 800 people checking out is very, very significant for any website to handle. Um, you could argue that was predictable. Uh, they had information there that, that I don't think went out to most people who were trying to get these, which was there's plenty of stock and you don't need to rush. Um, they're definitely in the past, they've sold out so quickly that people were doing a little bit of panic buying. So yeah, I don't know if anyone's got any thoughts on that, or is it just a, a, a nerd website thingy that I'm interested in? As as a, as a non-nerd, but as somebody who works in sort of tech sales, I think it's a fabulous narrative that this was such a popular launch, it killed the website and the cloud server that the host has as well, so... Mm. Yep. Fair enough. Uh, Joe, let's crack on. There was an article on Alison, Alison Green, who's gone over to the USA. We've mentioned her many times before. Um, what, you, what did you find out on this one? So Columbus CEO has done an article on Alison. It was a very lovely article. Um, centred around how people-centred she is as a worker. Um, Jamie O'Hara noted in it, he's from TSG, that sales in the US division have gone up 90% year to date and he attributes that to Alison and her team which was very nice of him to say. Uh, when they did a little interview with her she speaks to the teams and when when they hit their numbers she then asks them what they want and so far they've put in place a 24-7 employee assistance program so it's a phone line that they can ring up to if they think they're having some financial difficulty, uh, other personal difficulties, there's someone on the phone that they can talk to to support them. Um, they also want the Brewdog Foundation. That launched in June and they spoke to 60 charitable organisations about what they want to do with it in the US. Um, and they also want not only to give money but to give time. So if they hit their numbers in September, staff will get one voluntary day as well as their holiday days so they can go and give their time to a charity that they're really passionate about that's cool yeah and they're also looking at better maternity and paternity so it's all going pretty well out in the u.s and yeah. allison is doing an amazing job yeah obviously having a big impact as well yeah, yeah cool excellent uh bruce yes. next one you can do this one nice and quick so we can catch up a bit yeah brewdog dalston is now vegan it's completely vegan i am from october the 14th just there um the joint forces with biff's jack shack and they basically... Yeah. Biff's Jaff? Jack Shack. Oh, okay. Biff's Jack Shack. Right. I don't know. As in jackfruit. As in jackfruit. <laughs> jackfruit. Oh. Interrupty. Come, come on, Robert. I know. Sorry. And they are doing um, an exclusive vegan-friendly lineup, beers and food, and Brewdog Dalston is completely, fully vegan permanently as far as they can guarantee at the moment. And the reason for that is that Dawson is at the heart of the vegan food 
area in London and they haven't been selling as much food as they would like to. Um, so Biffy's, who they're doing it in conjunction with, apparently are what they call super cool. Um, I've got a huge following, so hopefully they can tap into that vegan market and get some food Glad sales. to say there's a great kebab shop across the road as well if you need that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Right, um, yeah, I'm going to have to get my beat machine out for this one, I think, because uh, there's a word in here that we can't have in front of the kids, So, but we can say it. Do I, do we use the beep for Portman Group because we think there are a load of beeps? <laughs> or... Regular listeners will, of course, remember the Portman Group, which is a self-appointed custodian of ethics in alcohol, which is very conveniently funded by some of the macro brewers and Jägermeister in the United Kingdom. So Portman Group commissioned a third party called Zenith Group, whose job is, it seems, was to take a 500 product sample of the UK alcohol industry. And they have found great issue with one of Stone's absolute stalwart beers, Arrogant Bat which has such things on its label as you are not worthy. It's got another great passage on the actual can, which says, if you don't like this beer, keep it to yourself. We don't want to hear from any snivelling yellow beer drinking wimps because this beer wasn't made for you. Now, Stone have had this beer out for decades. It is kind of ironic. It's basically playing a bit of fun and for all this time, it's never been an issue. Suddenly, Portman Group have decided to flex some sort of muscles. Now, there's a very long response in a blog on Stone's website. You may remember when BrewDog bought Stone Berlin, there was an equally long blog from Greg Coach, the founder of Stone. If you've got a spare 20 minutes, you might want to read through it. Um, but uh, basically, they do a takedown of the Portman Group that is better than what I've done a few times on this podcast. Well worth a read. Yep, fair enough. Portman Group strikes again. Lovely. Next one, birthday beer changes Bruce. Yes, there's been a change to the birthday beers. Now, it now has changed. So you will get an email with a special code. And on that code, it will give you an additional 5% off your order. Any order and any size. Um, we should clarify, Bruce, that we're talking online here rather than in on, the bars. On, you still get a pint in the line. So the, included, you your birthday beer voucher is, expires four weeks from the date of the email. Whereas I think it was only valid for um, seven days um, up until your birthday. Um, you get 5% on top of your existing discount. And um, that's quite nice. Andrew, back to you. Neil, uh, friend of the show. Hello, Neil. Uh, you've got a, she's got a shared trading day coming up, did I see? Or have I totally misread that? Uh, yes, he does. Friend of the show, Neil Fletcher, who trades BrewDog shares on our behalf has another trading day coming up. I think if you want full details, you're best to get yourself to the Equity for Punks forum and take a look at what he says there. Alternatively, you have Neil's own website, brewdogshares.com, and you can find out more there. Yep, if you've got shares you want to sell, that's the place to go right now. Uh, It's not official, it's all done by Neil, but he does a fantastic job, highly recommended. Anybody who's listened to him on the podcast will already know what he knows what he's talking about. Joe... Speaking of people who know what they're talking about, yes. you've got the next one. So, Brewdog Tea is no longer Brewdog Tea. She is now just Tanisha, but still oh. brilliant. Yeah. Um, she was the first CEO of Brewdog USA uh, and then became the chief disruption officer. But now she has gone on to create her own business, which she has done before. Uh, she now has CBD soft drinks. CBD, and CBD soft drinks. 
which are called Wonder. Miss out the O, it's a star. So the drinks contain, let's see if I can say this, cannabid oil. Okay. Don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. But that is the non-psychotropic chemical compound found in hemp. Can I play it? And it oh, is. I'm sorry. I, I was going to play it. That's right. Bob, Bob Marley music or something. Oh. But, <laughs> but I guess I better not. <laughs> Shall I continue? Yeah, you, you carry on. So it's con- it's considered a dietary supplement, and the drinks are functional beverages. I don't know what that means, but that's the same as kombucha and fresh pressed juices. So tea developed the flavors in our own kitchen. And they are made from sparkling water infused with the flavours, vitamins and 20 milligrams of CBD. So there's going to be four first flavours and they're going to be called Breakfast Club, which will be blood orange, mint and ginger. Born to Run, which will be lemon and rosemary. Fast Times, which will be cucumber, mint and lime. And then Night Moves, which is blueberry and basil. That basil's getting everywhere. Yeah, it is, isn't it? And they're going to be sold online in the US uh, and in grocery stores as well as in spas, salons and yoga studios for $5 a can. And the benefits, do we know? I don't know off the top of my head, no. no. Oh. It's, it's supposed to be very good for you because people vape it and take the oil, don't they? Yes, they do. I'm yeah. not sure that's because it's good for you or just because... <laughs> no, people do take oh, it because it's yes. good for you. CBD. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. CBD. There are so many people listening to this right now going, you lot, you lot are so <laughs> unbelievably sober, right? It's not. <laughs> I, I feel like we should come back to this one with an expert at some point yeah, who actually knows yeah. what they're talking about. Probably get about. tea on then. Yeah. Oh, that'd be yeah, good. Yeah, get tea on. Yeah, she'd be up for it. No, no yeah. question. Cool. Good idea. Um, James and Martin have invested in the company personally. So that's quite a good endorsement. And one of the other things that I thought was really interesting is that Wonder also has a social mission and they're calling it 420 rule. So 4.20% of their profits will create a fund to be distributed as microloans and grants to minority entrepreneurs who want to get into the cannabis business space. So it's a bit unicorn fundy. Nice. Uh, Yeah, really good. That 420 number comes up an awful lot, doesn't it, in relation to this stuff? It does, yeah. It does, yeah. Interesting. Uh, Anyway, um, next one. Uh, This is nice and quick. I just wanted to say, if you go down to a brew dog bar, you're sure of a big surprise. Table numbers is what you'll see. Uh, Every brew dog bar now has table numbers. And the reason for that is not because they're becoming a Weatherspoons type chain, although some would argue that as they grow, they're becoming much more like a Weatherspoons type chain. But it is because you can open up the app on your phone in some of the bars now and you don't have to go to the bar to place your order you don't have to wait for someone to come over you can do it weatherspoon style you can sit there you can browse the menu you can press buttons and a member of staff will bring the beer directly to you uh, it's also can do home deliveries as well of crowlers we've mentioned that before uh, it's up and running i think in five brew dog bars on a test just now there's definitely been a lot of teething problems so well done for brew dog for not rolling this out and everybody moaning about it it's just in testing but i just wanted to mention if you see table numbers in the bars the reason is because you're going to be able to very soon open the app and order direct to your table huh. All right. cool uh, andrew why is reputation.com why did i write that down and what are these vouchers blah 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 I don't know. Where did you write it then? <laughs> <laughs> you know the script isn't like your fridge where you can put reminders to yourself up. 
This this script takes me literally weeks to prepare. <laughs> weeks oh, to okay. get over. About an, hour, about an hour before the show, <laughs> I randomly put stuff on it. Gone. <laughs> so if you are an equity punk, Brewdog would love your feedback on your bar visits. This has been happening for a while where you could fill out a form and they would send you vouchers. As is the case in 2019 Britain, people have abused it for their own gain. So this has now been uh, improved, shall we say, with a few more hoops to jump through if you want the free stuff. The best thing to do is to get yourself onto the Equity for Punks forum and find the thread that JB, who you spoke to in the last episode, Rob, has posted about the form you can fill out. It's hosted there. Um, it's a separate link. You have to do a few things, like take a picture of the draft board, take a picture of your receipt, and you should get your voucher sent within sort of 60 days or so of your visit. Very good. Thank you very much for the reminder. Uh, and the last one I've got here is uh, it's just a link I spied that Andrew Sinclair, he was on the show last week. Uh, he was just queuing up our conversation with JB. Uh, he put an interesting thread in the I Hardcore You Brewdog forum um, talking about uh, our local bars doing enough to get tied in with local events. The one that he posted up was St. Andrew's Bar talking about people going to the Biffy Clyro gig. And really trying to attract folk in, saying this would be a great place for you to come before and after the gig. Um, I just kind of wondered, really, merely question to you three. Uh, do you see your local bars ever sort of getting involved with local events like this? Or is this just something that it tends to be whichever the manager of the bar decides how they're going to approach it? What do you mean, like the garden hall in an East Kilbride? Yeah. No. Oh. Um, I think that some of the local bars in East Kilbride, um, the publicise the, the local bars, but the Village Inn do a lot of um, promotions for, for gigs and stuff like that, and they do host um, bits and pieces. They're they're quite quite good, um, but other than that, no, I don't see I don't see much. Yeah, I don't see a lot of the breed dog bars here in Aberdeen getting involved with gigs and things that are going on. Um, I don't know if it actually would be worth the effort. So the, gig, the big gigs in Aberdeen are 10 miles out of town though, so that's a bit... Yeah, but there's still stuff goes on, like, you know, the, the Lemon Tree and the Musical are all within, like, nice, easy walking distance of Brewdog bars. But as someone who does social media sometimes for different places, I, I do know that your space is limited. If you were to promote every... Come to us for every gig that's going on in town, then, you, then you're not going to be promoting Collabfest. You're not going to be promoting Wings Wednesday. So, yeah, I don't know. Difficult one. Interested. Uh, if Phil could have any feedback on that, you know, let us know. I'm, I'm kind of interested to see if it's, uh, you know, if there are bars out there that are going uh, all in on that one. So Shepherd's yeah. Bush are quite good at that because they're across the road from the Shepherd's Bush Empire or whatever that's called these days. So I think if yeah. it's relevant to the bar, they do it. And a Clapham Junction for example if it's a sunny day okay it's not a gig but they'll be really big on come and get your takeaway beers and take them to Clapham Common which is a two minute walk away so I think where it's relevant they do maybe there's more they could do but of course if the bar's already at capacity and profitable how many more people can they fit in look at Castlegate on a Saturday afternoon before the football yeah good point okay uh, Bruce let's get everybody out of here because it is now half past nine Andrew's Ugh. already well past his bedtime and Joanne is gagging for a beer so let's get it done. Bad joke so, time. Well, no, actually, you know, my, my job is translation. I do a bit of translation from sign language. And and there's a word I was looking at. I wasn't sure the word bum cheek. Is it is it one word or do I spread them apart a bit? Oh, dear. You. 
your daughter's right there. <laughs> she doesn't get it. She doesn't get it. <laughs> I tell you what, though. When my husband listens to this, he's going to think that's absolutely hilarious. <laughs> okay, that's it for this podcast. We'll be back as normal in around two weeks' time. A final mention for our Patreon campaign. Please visit patreon.com forward slash news for all the details and the cool video that Kev from Border Digital helped us put together. Right, let's give everyone a chance to say where you can be found online. Bruce, we'll start with you. Where can people find you if they want to tell you how bad your jokes are? Um, I would say just go to Twitter. Brulafu. Um, at Brulafu. B-R-U-L-A-F-U. Or how do you say it, Georgia? No, she doesn't like it. She calls it Brulafu. Brula <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joe, where can people find you? I am Joanne Lovebeer on the forum, and I am a woman's brew on Instagram. You've been doing some really cool stuff on your social media lately. I've oh, been following you. following some of the events and things that you've been attending and sharing little video clips and things. But, you know, it's a bit more interesting than just people <laughs> sharing photographs of their supper or <laughs> whinging about Brexit. Yeah. Uh, speaking of whinging about Brexit, Andrew, where can people find you? I'm Andrew on the forum. Come and find me there. Very good. Uh, and you can find me at Sunscream on pretty much everything, including the forum. That's S-U-N-S-E-R-E-E-M. Um, I won't tell you about my day job I'm still angry about that comment uh, that's it for this week send us a voicemail to our local rate number 01224 you can email a studio at brewdognewspodcast.com we're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash brewdognewspodcast and our Twitter is at brewdognews our Instagram expertly ran by Andrew and myself occasionally is at brew no not at it is just brewdognewspodcast show notes and past episodes are always available on our website at brewdognewspodcast.com and don't forget to subscribe to the show to make sure you get the latest episodes as soon as they're available there's links on the website have a great couple of weeks everybody bye bye, bye. I'm waiting to get into trouble why are you getting into trouble because I'm supposed to be doing something and not being here for the last hour and a half oh, oh right okay. wish me luck say bye